0: Hi, folks, this is Rick Doc Walker, the D.O.C.
1: This is John Kime, and you're listening to The Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted.
2: What's going on, Rally? Happy Victory Tuesday, man. I'm getting used to saying that.
3: Hey, man, I love for you to say it as well as I love to feel it. Let me tell you, the BNG took over NRG and made it FedEx Field southwest let's get it
2: man uh, there were a couple times during the game and i don't listen to the tv audio so i I listen to the radio feed on mute tv and i'll get it to sync up with the radio feed because you know i listen to bram and julia in london there were a couple times i was hearing defense chants coming through my speakers and i'm hearing people chant high in a key high in a key and just back and forth and It wasn't exactly a home crowd vibe, but it's easy to find you for most away games because the camera is just focusing on the Commanders fans that are there, and there aren't a ton of them. They showed you maybe once, maybe twice, and one, I think, was on a field goal or something that we were about to kick, and there was a guy four seats down from you that looked like he was yelling at you during the game, a Texans fan, and it was kind of funny And I don't know what was going on during that point. So I wanted to ask you, I made note of that in my little book, but there was so much burgundy and gold in those stands, man. It was amazing to see. How was it at that rally and just kind of leading up to the game?
3: Well, the rally was a huge success. Um, We had... Over 480 people there, uh, in upwards, you might as well say 500. I mean, we packed the place from the inside to the outside. Uh, initially, we were just gonna be all on the outside patio area, um, which holds an enormous amount of people. But due to the rain, you know, they brought us inside a little bit. Now, we were also outside. And I'll have to explain that to you. The outside was partially covered, so no rain could really get on to where every everyone was was being, you know, uh, sat down and stuff like that. Um, and then the rain stopped, so people kind of started really filtering out. But yeah, man, it was just amazing, and I was I was really ticked off. I I, I mean, this has nothing. Well, it does have something to do with the rally. Uh oh. I was I was ticked off because. The, the Pitch 25, lovely place, except for one caveat, and this is my alibi. Their microphones went down, and ah. the, guy, the guy was saying that it was possibly due to a surge that they had due to the storm. So imagine me trying to yell over <laughs> 480 people. I mean, I lost my voice trying to sing the fight song and and just say give a little you know rah rah speech if you will but um it, it, it was incredible man it really was i incredible. saw the video uh, oh you did I see mean, the video in, okay yeah
2: those that are uh wondering it's monday the 21st 4 13 and we've got this also on youtube when a, a lot of our listeners only listen on your different podcast channels and please make sure to hit subscribe like leave us a review it helps us show out but we also have a youtube feature we've talked about a couple times i'll post the actual video that rally has up and man, I'm just looking at it and you panning the crowd. It was crazy to see all those fans there. And we had the uh, guy on from Houston talk about how cheap the tickets were. And it actually came up during Rivera's press conference today. Coach said he thought there had to be maybe 10,000 commanders fans in attendance out there. He said, probably, you know, that, and I mean, it's obviously tough to see, but from your estimate, the rally had maybe or 500, something like that, maybe more. But in the stands, everywhere the camera was panning, it was just burgundy and gold in every single section. What was it like being out there for an away game that really looked like a home game if you're looking at it on TV?
3: Well, well you said my little brother. That's what it felt like, a home game. And I want to tell you guys this, right? Don't ever talk about the attendance at FedEx Field because I've got video that I have not l- loaded yet of just how bare naked the stands were. Now, I know it doesn't help that your team is 1-7. I-, I get it. But the fact of the matter is, don't ever talk about FedEx Field and how our fans don't come out and support. Because we do, and we did. So, I- and I wish I could have uploaded this video, but just stay tuned because I'm going to, upload this video of how barren the stands were and you're just going to be amazed bro
2: it's crazy man because people knock fedex but i'm I think maybe two-thirds of those people have never been to an away game they haven't been to another arena they don't know what it's like in chicago we talked about it during our bears pod how the tailgating scene in chicago is all basically municipal lots spread out throughout the city there's barely anything connected to the stadium. You can't put a tent up. I mean, it's miserable. I've been out to a bunch of places. Not many as you, but I've tailgated a bunch of spots, and it's funny because people are asking me, "Hey, are you tailgating in Philly for Monday Night? Are you going to tailgate in New York?" And I've tailgated in the Meadowlands for a game, and the setup out there, FedEx has it so much better. So, the grass isn't always greener when people don't you know, think that other fans is like, "Oh man, it's got to be better than FedEx." Well, no, it ain't. You know, yes, our stadium is old, but it's still a as long as you're not leaning against a railing or have something <laughs> dripping on your head. But guess what? The new Ram Stadium had a pipe burst in a suite and stuff was dripping on people's heads. And that thing was not even a year old. So it happens everywhere. And I'm just glad to see all that burgundy and gold that was out there. You guys getting a chance to see a dub and a definitive dub and not having to pucker up and wonder what's going to happen at the last minute. And I know you thought it was going to be a closer game. Did you actually get a chance to relax during
3: it? Yeah, I I, I was able to relax um, for the first time. I mean, I wasn't biting my nails, uh, <laughs> and it felt good, man. It it almost felt like it, it it was surreal, you know. And 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 I know, yes, it was against the Houston Texans, one and seven and one, and now uh, one and eight. I, I I get you, but the fact of the matter is those guys get paid too and so at any given time you're just like okay when is it going to happen when is it going to happen yeah you're (laughs) waiting for the shoe to drop exactly and and it didn't happen man and it just just felt so good and uh the the fans were were very welcoming as well i mean what do they have to be mad for at other fans at that point you know what i mean so (laughs) uh, it was it was just it was just a, a beautiful beautiful situation man
2: well, it was our first win, in, first win versus the Texans since 2006. Mm-hmm. So they've had our number. And granted, I don't know who was our quarterback or what our teams were doing the last couple of times we played them. But it's a first win versus them since 2006. But on the important note, the Commanders are 5-0 and o when we're leading at halftime. And not sure if they shared the stats with you when you're out in the stands because none of them were positive for the home team. But the Texans went in at halftime with a total of five net yards at half. That's it. And it was actually six, and they took a yard away because their quarterback took a knee to go into halftime. So I'm just sitting here like, man, this is nice. Because what turned it around for me, I got a little frustrated with the offense to start off. But what turned it around for me was Fuller's pick six. And this is actually what John Allen said about that play.
1: What did it mean to um, that first drive, Kendall getting the picks, pick six?
0: To see your DBs come out and start the game like that, you know, it's going to be a good game, um, especially with a younger quarterback for him to throw a pick six on the second or third play of the game. We know that was going to affect him a little bit, probably hold the ball a little bit longer than he was naturally going to. So I think K-Fool and the defensive back had a phenomenal game and allowed us to, you know, put up some of the numbers we did. I mean, all in all the defense played phenomenal. You know, I wish we would finish better. Um, to get to where we want to get to, we got to finish games a little bit better than that. And we understand that um, it's harder to learn that lesson when you win because you're excited. But, you know, that's just where the maturity factor comes in. We got to understand that there's things we got to improve. And, you know, we're going to do that moving
1: forward.
0: I
2: couldn't believe that that was Kendall's first pick six in his career. He, yeah. he hasn't had one. I and mean, He's been in the league for seven years. And when that ball went out there and you just saw that thing kind of float, it's like, He's making a house call. This is actually happening right now. And I I don't want to say I feel bad for the Texans fans because we've all been there and they just, you know, I'm assuming some of them became baseball fans and Astros fans during this World Series run. So I don't feel bad for them at all. They just got a World Series ring. But that kid, their quarterback, he is not the future. And they will be investing in a brand new one come first round this year. Because that guy, he was bad, man. And his line did not help him at all, but he was bad.
3: Well, I mean, their line realistically couldn't help him with our picks. That were our number one picks had tackled. Brother, we we smothered those dudes, man. And Sweat got his man that night, uh, yesterday as well. So, dude, I mean, it, it was an all-around great defensive play. And uh, I got to say that with Fuller making his first TD house call, I was surprised at that. But it's not highly uncommon, man. When you look around the league, there are a lot of guys who have not had a pick six. So, uh, hey, but my hat's off to them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. And I was starting to think, because the beginning of the game, we went three and out. I was thinking, you gotta be kidding me. We're going three and out. These guys have a horrible run defense. We weren't going anywhere offensively. And then Taylor threw a ball up in the air to what was it to uh McLaurin that just completely overthrew him and should have been picked. He had two passes. that should have been picked. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to lead with the negatives. I'm just saying, it's like, okay, hold on here. Is this that trap game because offense isn't moving Taylor <laughs> threw that ball up there and it landed right in the guy's hands. And he should have had that. And then when Kendall ended up coming in second play on defense and had that pick six, I'm thinking, okay, we can calm down a little bit here now. And it's not that we started moving. But after that, they never lost control of the game. You always felt in hand. And I'm thinking we might see Sam Howell today, the way these guys are going. Because going into half, what was it, 20 to nothing? You know, yeah, it was 20 to nothing going into half. I'm thinking, okay, we got a shot here to potentially see Sam Howell and get him out on the field. And, yeah, it's premature. But the Texans couldn't do a single thing. And we said, you got to shut down Damian Pierce. Pierce had 10 carries for eight yards. His longest run was three. I mean, the kid averaged 0. 0.8 yards a carry. And this was a stat that Julie Donaldson had on the broadcast. Against the run, opponents are averaging 0. 0.65 yards before contact. So they're not even getting a yard before getting hit against the run against us. I mean, that front three, you know, pain, Allen, sweat they're just stifling people and then you throw in wwe wrestler john ridgeway (laughs) suplexing guys i mean it's crazy what this defense is turning around to
3: the main event
2: (laughs) did you see the uh so there was a guy in houston i'm sure he had had him on camera he looked like the ultimate warrior they call him the ultimate fan okay so he was on tv so, he's a uh, Texan Super fan. He's my buddy Steve Beckholt. They call okay. him uh, ultimate fan. And the guy was on TV. So after Ridgeway literally picked up the running back, flipped him, and then suplexed him. did you see, like on camera what he did? Like the exact thing? It was ridiculous.
3: no, i I haven't had the chance to watch the game. So you know when you're in the stands, you you miss all that stuff,
2: yeah. And it's us doing it to them. So there's zero chance that they were going to put that on the Jumbotron. But I'm sitting here yelling and screaming, like, at that point, it doesn't matter. You're being nitpicky because we were, you know, kicking their ass and they weren't coming back in that game. But when Ridgway picked him up, I'm yelling and the wife's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? We're still winning. What's the problem? I was like, you can't do that. No. And yeah. apparently in the locker room after the fact, the guys were like laughing and joking and trying to come up with a name for the move and talking about wrestlers and this and that. And it was pretty funny considering what he did. I'm trying to see if I can actually find the guy. But he he kind of looked like a, a tombstone from a, like The Undertaker where he just kind of DDT'd and body slammed the guy. So here's the play right
3: here. See what happens as soon as Pierce got the ball. You could clearly hear the whistle. It was over. And that... Sam. It's kind of a wrestling move, I'd say.
1: Yeah, almost
2: like that full suplex. Well, let me just right say, there. Know, Just so dangerous that so you know. get a, a player on their head like that. And there's my buddy after the fact that they put on camera where he was yelling and screaming, like, what the hell are you doing? And <laughs> that was pretty much the day the Texans got suplexed at home, is really what happened. Because yeah. they they had a chance to do some stuff, but really even though the offense couldn't get moving, we were three for 13 on third down. We still were in control of that game, the entire game. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's just how bad the Texans are because they were two for 13 on third down. But I never broke a sweat just sitting there. And there was actually one point where I was falling asleep on the couch watching the game. And maybe that's because I had too much to eat for lunch. But, you know, it was just kind of dragging out.
3: Yeah. Well, you can best believe that uh, we can count this, put this feather in our cap, but Atlanta's not gonna be so easy. So no. No, we're gonna stick with the te- we're gonna stick with the Texans for right now.
2: Atlanta's not gonna be easy, but going into Atlanta, Rivera, and actually broke, I think either that Saturday night or that Sunday on who Ron was gonna actually have as our quarterback for this game and I think the future, but this is what he had to say.
1: And then your favorite question on the quarterbacks, do you have the plan now with, yes. um, with we're, Taylor? We're, we're going we're gonna to go with Taylor, and um, we'll, um, you know, we'll work Carson back in and see where Carson is in terms of, of, of if he's ready to be the backup, and then we'll go from there. What were those conversations like? They were very good. With, with Carson in particular, obviously he didn't come here to be a backup, but it, was he generally right. understanding? He was very good. He really was.
2: Circling back to once and stuff, when did you tell him? Was it
1: Friday? Was mm. it? I talked to him. Oh, I, I guess just when I talked to him. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, I guess I was just curious on like if Heineke knew going in, what do you think his mindset is of? You know, knowing he needs to play well to keep this, and they how we not need to play. Them? We just need to play. We just need to continue to do things that we're doing. You know, I, I'm not looking to pull anybody out. I'm not looking to yank anybody. What I'm looking to do is for us to continue to play well and do things that we're, the way we're supposed to. You know, this is this is not a competition as far as, you know, uh, uh, um, a um, controversy. Okay, that's that's the last thing that's on my mind. What this is, and that's why I talk about just doing it one game at a time, staying focused at one game at a time. And the most important thing as far as the quarterback's concerned is Taylor will start as we start to get ready uh, to play Atlanta.
2: So during our preview show, we talked about Rivera kind of have double talk, saying mm-hmm. how, well, I don't want to look over his shoulder and saying one game at a time. And then I think coach might be listening because then he made this statement that, you know, it's Heineke's job. And today during his press conference that he did on Monday, when he got back, I didn't get a chance to cut it off, but he talked about how Heineke won the job on merit. And it had nothing to do with, you know, Carson being hurt or this and that. And John Allen said when he was at Bama, that the players would choose the start of quarterback, not the hmm. coach, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. And Taylor has not been lighting it up at all. He was 15 to 27 for 191. Good news is he didn't have a pick and he didn't have a fumble this past week. And we've gone over his numbers over the past couple of weeks. If you're listening to this, you know how heineke has been doing. I mean, he had a QBR of 51. He had a passer rating of 77. We've won two games in a row, and our starting quarterback has not had a touchdown. That's a stat that I'm curious to see who's replicated that, other than maybe the Ravens Super Bowl team with Trent Dilfer. But our starting quarterback hasn't had a touchdown. But because this team is rallying around the guy, mm-hmm. and Rivera said, Heineke, in that quote, if you hear, he said he doesn't have to play well. He just has to play. That is confounding to me, but you don't pull a guy who's winning. And that's really what it comes down to.
3: But I understand what he says by he doesn't need to play well. He just needs to play. We saw that Carson really wasn't playing well. And because of it, I go back to the body language aspect of things, Ted. The body language is totally different, bro. And so, when, when Mills threw that pick six to, to K Full, I looked over and I saw, even in shoulder pads, slump. I, I saw, the, the, but prior to that, those guys were, were pretty much, they had the attitude of, hey, we may be able to win this game. That's what the body language that I saw. After that happened, slump, heads went down. And it was almost like, okay, let's just get through this the best way that we possibly can. But getting back to Heineke and Wentz, we all know that that locker room dictates who goes where. And when those guys don't feel that way ab- about Heineke anymore and the bug starts going back to whether it be Wentz or Howe, whomever it may be, he'll make another change. He, he just will. So because he didn't want to admit that he was going to leave Wentz, you know, he was kind of forced his hand was forced due to the injury and they say God works in mysterious ways. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, whether, whether, you, what you believe in, but it's weird. It, it really is weird how it all played out, man. When you think back on it, it just is. And so here yeah. we are now and Heineke's our starter and they're going to ride with him until he loses that job. And I, for one, I'm happy that Coach finally just got up and said it, man. Yeah, it,
2: it took too long. I'm, yeah. I'm happy he said it. And it was kind of funny because during Heineke's postgame presser, the team tried to, not the team, some of the beat reporters were asking him, when did you find out that you were going to be the starter? And Heineke said, I want to keep that between me and Coach. Yeah. And you heard Matt Paris there from the Washington Times asking, when did you have the conversation with Carson? And all Rivera said was, I had it. I had it and not given the date it's I don't understand the secrecy it doesn't matter I don't really care but I feel that they they are making the interesting important by trying to keep something as ridiculously small as that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and making it a big deal but this is Rivera on why he chose Heineken
1: what was it Taylor has shown you to lead you to this decision um winning I mean, that's, that's the truth of the matter. I mean, yeah. you know, that's where we are right now.
2: And we all knew that he wasn't going to sit Taylor after beating the undefeated Eagles. So yeah. why drag this out? Why make this a soap opera where you're trying to keep fans on pins and needles? Like, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to come in? You know, enough of the days of our lives stick. We all know it's going to be Taylor. And just like you said, as long as he's winning, the team is rallying around him and we'll be fine and they didn't win because of taylor yesterday he's managing the ball this defense is playing out of their mind right now and Mm -hmm. defo did you get a chance to see that pick that he had
3: oh like heck yeah and and i said oh that's a pick and one guy was like no he was out of bounds i said no man if a part of your body lands inbounds and the other part lands out of bounds, the part that's inbounds means that the possession turns over to us. So that's our ball.
2: One shoulders, two feet. I mean, it's as simple as that. He rolled and ran back there and they interviewed him during the post game. I want to say with maybe JP Finley saying, man, he knew when the ball was going up against BSJ, Benjamin St. Juice, that BSJ was going to tip it up because they practiced this on turnover Thursdays at, you know, out the park. And he knew he had to hustle. And there's a shot of him from the NFL Twitter. I'll put it on our YouTube page where he is just running full speed as fast as he can. And it reminded me of like a volleyball dig play where, you know, the one person just dives and the other guy's got to get over there to get it. And he just ran so fast to get to that ball. And it goes back to what we talked about last week, the hustle. These guys are hustling. And John Allen made a comment that even if the first guy misses the tackle, you got other guys around him that are going to be there to eat it up. And there was a sack that Tez should have had that he just missed him, but it pushed him right towards John Allen. It was John's second sack of the day. And that is what's making this difference. And I don't know how Wentz would play with this new offensive line because the offensive line has done better. I don't know how Wentz would be with this new play calling that Scott Turner's got, because we're calling more runs and passes. But I do know that this defense, the way it is, and I knocked them. Everyone knocked him. We all wanted Jack Del Rio gone. I'm yelling and screaming. You bring back ten of eleven defensive starters, and we're playing like crap. What do you expect? Well, they, they cut some of that rust off of the ship, and it feels like a new ship now. And that rust being,
3: oh yeah, you know,
2: William Jackson the Third. And you got some guys out there that are playing as a team and that are having fun. And we're going to go as far as this defense can take us. To me, it's not Heineke can take us. It's as far as this defense can take us as long as we don't continually go three and out versus the good teams because three for 13 versus the Falcons is not going to cut it this week.
3: Don't think so. Don't think so at all. Um, One thing coming into the season, what was everyone saying? We didn't need Carson to play hero ball. We didn't need him to win. These are basically the exact same words that we're using for, for Heineke that we use for Wentz. Just be a game manager. Don't try to... How many times did we hear that? All we need is Carson just to manage the game. We don't need him to play hero ball. Don't try to be the savior. Just manage the game. And a couple times he did it, but then a lot of times he didn't. So now on the flip side, what's Heineke doing? There are a couple times where he tries to play hero ball and it's come to bite him in the butt. Okay? But maybe his nerves are settled down now and now he's managing the ball. And yep, he could have been, should have been picked off twice, but hey, should have, would have, could have, doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Now, yeah, didn't we, happen. Know, we we know we do know that the luck streak will eventually run out somebody is going to pick it so but right now we'll ride with it it is what it is
2: yeah and this was Rivera talking about the team rallying around Taylor
0: and just having been around Taylor for a number of years now are you ever surprised now at how kind of the team rallies around them or how
1: no I'm not just because you know again as I I say it's there's that underdog mentality that people appreciate uh, and they appreciate the way he does things. And, and and again, he's whether he is the backup or he's the starter, he's all in. And, and that's what makes him so viable. And that's why it was important for us to bring him here, you know. And, and you know, and, and there was a time it was the same thing was true for Kyle Allen. I mean, you know, we had, had Kyle and Kyle's the same kind of guy. Those are the kind of young men that you want on your team. And
2: people are feeding off of four. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because, you know, he's got his whole Jordan bit. He bought the offensive line, Jordan's against the Eagles. Yep. And this week he's buying the tight ends, Jordan's and speaking of tight ends and not to give a sneak peek of my Woolbridge collectibles player of the game. And no, who gets where my rally chain. It was damn good to see Logan Thomas back out there. And I mean, Logan, I think led us with catches and yards. Yeah, looking at this, Logan had five receptions, 65 yards, targeted six times. But this is the first Logan has actually looked like the Logan from 2020 that earned that contract extension in 21. And then unfortunately, he got banged up. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's just taken this long to get back or he tweaked things beforehand, but. Logan on some of those deep digs and those sideline plays. And there were a couple third downs and third and longers that we needed to get. And you could see Taylor looking for him and going for him. And mm-hmm. I won't say this is the first time during the run that Terry didn't have more catches than anybody else. It was Logan this week. And yeah. I'm hoping he can keep it up, maybe get another pair of Jordans next week because. He definitely earned it, and it was funny because Taylor said, well, he was getting it for the tight ends because of how they blocked this week. Well, get Logan something else because of how he caught this week because he was five for 65 on six catches on six targets, and some of those were just clutch, man, yeah. really pretty and just so exciting to see him back out there.
3: Well, one of the things that I noticed, and maybe you might have seen it, or, and if someone did see it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see the brace on his leg this week. And it looked like he just moved a little bit more fluid. So maybe that might've had him feeling a little bit more comfortable. You know, they say those braces really play at your mind. So I don't know. Maybe it was, he was more of in his natural state, if you will, because I didn't see that brace on his leg and I was looking for it.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure if he had it or not. I wasn't paying that close attention to it, but those things are pretty bulky you can definitely tell. Mm-hmm. when they're there so I'm I'm sure you're probably right that he just didn't have that brace on and I'm just hoping that means there's more to come from yeah. him because I don't want to say we're peaking we're definitely not but the offense is not there yet they are starting to make strides where mm-hmm. it's not all just Terry 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 because the Eagles game Terry was getting those tough yards on those slants and Pete Haley had an interesting article if you guys missed it, go back and check it out on NBC Sports Washington, talking about how Terry hated slants and couldn't stand doing it because mm-hmm. he didn't have the body and the size and the muscles to kind of really pull in the strength to really pull that off. And now, I mean, he is one of the top in the NFL on that pass. And there was a third, and I want to say sixth that we needed to get picked up. And who's he go to, Terry? Well, after seeing this week, you know, seeing what Logan did, it wouldn't surprise me. If now defenses are, all right, we can't have everyone kind of bracket Terry. We're going to have to go to Logan or who do you choose It's kind of pick your poison? Yeah. You know, Curtis Samuel during the post game show was talking with the guys on how he played running back all the way up until his sophomore year in college. So Curtis feels natural at the running back position. And there was one spin move where he did like a reverse spin on a guy and just left his jockstrap right there on the field at NRG and I used to get worried about him running on the inside. But on that touchdown he had, he was just ducking and kind of hiding behind the lineman. to the fact that the defenders just couldn't see him. They had no idea he yeah. was there. And he's taking hits and he's bouncing back up.
3: That was a thing of beauty, man. To see that live, it really was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it really was. I was like, holy crap, look at this dude. It was like, it was like playing uh, Xbox or something, man. It just was. Yeah.
2: He's just so shifty in the hole. And I guess it's because we never got a chance to see Curtis last year. So we all have, and I don't want to say we all, I have this image of a fragile player that needs to be put in a bubble because he never really stepped on the field last year and didn't really do anything, but He's taken reverses. He's taken slip screens. He's got all of his carries been pretty much inside, draw handoffs on shotguns. I mean, he's doing a lot. And they added a wrinkle this past week where they had a tight end split out and another receiver. And they basically just gave it to him kind of on a jet sweep. And all Curtis had to do was make one guy miss. And he can do that in his sleep all day long. And he's getting hit and he's not trying to avoid the contact. He is taking it on. And just jumping right back up and, all right, give me another one. Give me another one. And it's exciting to see.
3: But, Ted, let's face it, man. When you're winning, you don't mind doing that type of stuff. It's when you're losing, you say, man, I don't want to deal with this. Let me go ahead and maybe be out another week. They're not going to miss me. We're losing. But when you're winning, you have that desire and drive to to come on back out there. And yes, I know they're professional athletes, but before we go any further with that, they're human. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else, and they feel. So, you know, you can't tell me that when you're on a high, you don't mind doing a couple things versus when, it's, when you're at the bottom, you're like, man, I'll do it. But it's not the same enthusiasm. You, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And this is actually the first time we've been over 500 this late in the season since 2018. I'll take it. So we're six and five right now. We're a half a game out of that final spot in the playoffs and the 49ers play the Cardinals tonight and the wife's going to be watching dancing with the stars. I'm going to be on the iPad watching that game because you know, It's way too early to start talking about it. I get it, but we've got a real push going on right now. You know, we Mm -hmm. joked, let's make a run.
1: Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?
2: How can you not talk about it? We're 65. Yeah,
3: yeah. We
2: got the Falcons coming here. And the Falcons, I'm sorry, but people need to go back and watch Falcons games. We're not beating the Falcons if we put up 23 points. Mariota is a different quarterback. And Davis Mills. I'm not trying to spoil victory Monday, but we have got to play better versus them. And I was the Bears game, fans were embarrassed to win that game, I guess is the word I would use, considering how ugly it was on Thursday night football. This game, I was happy that we won, but I felt like we left points on the table. And I'm not talking about Antonio Gibson sliding because they didn't want to run the score up. We left points on the table from the fact that offensively against the Texans, who are a bad team, we all saw it firsthand this past Sunday, we struggled to run the ball. We put up 153 yards on the ground when they're averaging 181. And some of those yards, you know, were on reverses. You know, Jahan Dotson had a reverse, he had three yards. Terry had a reverse, he had one yard. The offense hasn't found its groove. And that's the only thing that concerned me because I felt that we were going to beat the Texans by at least two scores, which we did. We beat them by 13. Mm -hmm. But I was frustrated that it it wasn't as easy for the offense to do it. You feel the same? Or am I just being nitpicky right
3: now? No, I mean, what we're doing is we're looking at well, this is a one in seven team, and we should just be able to do this and do that to them, but you also gotta remember that they get paid and it's not gonna be an easy win. I was just happy that a we won the we won the game, and b we realistically didn't come out of it we pretty much came out of this injury free, so that's what I'm concerned about. I'll take an ugly win all day long, and you know and and maybe as they get better, because weekly they are getting better. The the cohesiveness, it seems as though it it is getting there. Imagine if it happens the bye week against the Giants and and the offense of line can realistically come together after that bye. If that offensive line clicks as well as that defensive line, Man, look out.
2: Yeah, and th- that's why I was a little frustrated because the offensive line should have dominated. Mm-hmm. But I-, I feel that their linebacker, uh, Kirksey, I believe. Yeah, Christian Kirksey made a mental note of everyone picking on the Texans and how bad they are against the run to try and come up and stop it. And they tried to pack the box, eight people, nine people up there, just doing whatever they could to make sure they shut down our run. And I said, I didn't want Scott Turner to get too cute and to start mm-hmm. throwing the ball and doing flea flickers and stuff like that, which he did not do, which is good. Heineke only had 27 attempts. I just feel that it should have been easier. And to go three for 13 on third down, yeah. it's too sloppy. And it's you got to gotta fix that. Because if we are going to start saying the P word, And get a hope to maybe go on the road for a playoff game. Because I don't think we're going to host one, especially not as a seventh seed. So you and me on the road with our matching DC proper jackets, someplace, hopefully someplace not too warm, but not too cold. Oh, by the way, I'll I'll take that. I mean, I haven't looked at the NFC standing, so I'm not sure where the playoff race is right now. And it's it Seattle. is only
3: week 11. It is, but it's Seattle. But and the re- and the reason why I say that is because at the airport, a guy came up to me and said, um, I know it's soon, but if by chance we go to Seattle for the first playoff game, are you going to be putting packages together? <laughs> and I said, cool out, dude. But to answer your question, yes, I will. <laughs> so of course you will. <laughs> but he, he already he already had it in his mind that we're going to Seattle. And I said, all right, just, just chill for a little bit.
2: <laughs> I hope it's not Seattle. I'd, I'd prefer to go someplace else because the first team gets a bye, which would be the Eagles. And then after that, you're talking record-wise, it'd be Vikings. So I think it'd be Minnesota if it were to stop today mm-hmm. and if we were to actually get in because we would play the next seat after that as the last one. And you know we can wear the jacket there, and you definitely got the One Mission hat on, so we'll be okay. We might need some more cover-ups, but the good news is they got a dome, so it won't be a too dome. bad.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: But the post-game speech that was given, we played it last week where Rivera got choked up and Terry took over. Well, this week, someone else took over for a different reason.
1: It's a healthy game. A lot of good things, a lot of positive things, guys, but understand one thing. A little bit sloppy. We can be better. We got to be better. That's the truth of the matter. Understand who you guys are, who you becoming, becoming a hell of a football team. The only way you can do that, is pay attention to the details. Understand how important the little things are. And when you get a chance to finish the game, finish it strong. Finish it strong. A lot of positive things, guys. We're gonna we're, we're gonna learn from these things. Great, Jonathan.
0: Hey, as a as a team, I think we understand. We didn't really finish the way we wanted to. Yeah. The defense they had nine yards in the first half, and they did it, they did all that in the second half. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because when we win, sometimes it's hard to see the lesson because we're excited. And I don't want to dampen the mood, but we got to understand. That first half, we really show what we can do. Defense in the second half, we can't come out here and be sloppy. And and I'll I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I wasn't as focused. I should be. Offense, I know you guys are better than that in the red zone. And I'm not calling anybody out. I'm calling everybody out because we got to be better. We play like that on Monday night against the Eagles. We don't win that game. We know that. Good win. We're going to enjoy it. Let's let's refocus. You know what I mean? Let's not have to have a loss to get ourselves refocused.
2: (laughs)
1: There right, here you go, team on three. One, two, three, team.
2: I'm getting goosebumps hearing that because mm-hmm. that, that made me feel better that they're not getting too overhyped, that they understand that this was a sloppy one and you gotta bounce back and actually do better. There was the Colts game during the press conference where Rivera was like visibly distraught. He was just so pissed off and we got the win but he knew that we left so much on that field Yeah, and the team's starting to understand that. They're starting to realize that. And today during the press conference, Ben standing also like actually asked coach, like, we've never seen you in this good a mood before. There was one point where Rivera actually turned around from the camera and they're talking about Heineke's Jordans and coach brought in his Jordans uh. and he wore and he had a Heineke shirt on and was kind of you know, like, I don't know if he was pretending he was Taylor or what, but coach showed his Jordans to the camera and to all the beat reporters. And the team is, they're falling into the hype together and they're starting to believe together. They're coming together. What was it in 2020? It was the whole David versus Goliath bit, throwing the rock at the boards and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Jordan bit that they're all feeding off of and whatever it is. But because you've got players like John and Terry that will keep them grounded, I'm not spiraling to the point of, okay, I know they'll improve off of this. And good news is we're getting someone back. They just activated, as of an hour ago, Chase. That doesn't mean he's going to play this week, but that means we don't have to worry about him potentially going on long-term IR. And this is what Coach said about it to back.
1: Cool. Well, I want to go ahead and announce to you guys that um, we are going to activate uh, um, Chase, and, and we will work him and, and, and with the intent of, if he's ready to play, he'll play, and if he's not, he'll wait another week, but uh, he had um, he's uh, he's ready to go as far as being activated, so he will be on the 53 today. I love the science. That means you guys are all tweeting real fast. Hey, Ron, Ron how close was it to activating him last week, what are some of the things that you haven't seen or you had not seen yet? Well, just the biggest thing is 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 you know we want to see where he consistently cut cuts it loose. We want to make sure you know there's that the, the, he's confident, there's no hesitation, you know, and and that's what we're looking for in practice. And he's you know he's he's working hard. He's doing all the things we're asking of him. It's that's just, just you know one of th- one of the things that we're, we got to work through for him. And and again, it's about him being comfortable and confident. Oh, did you see him doing that with more confidence, even late last week? Yeah, you start to see it, you know, and, and and especially when he's not thinking about it, you know what I'm saying. But you know, and and I watch him very closely, and every now and then I'll see him kind of like uh, just kind of check to make sure it's fine, and you know. So again, we just we want to make sure, and and because we don't want you know, last thing we want is for him to get back out there and get hurt again.
2: Chase coming back. This week, potentially for a home game. I mean, I'm looking at StubHub right now, section 133. That's end zone. I'm not sure if that's your end zone. I think that yeah, is your end my, zone.
3: That's my end zone.
2: So, right now, two tickets, lower level, row 24, $71 a piece. And I get it. You got fees and all that stuff on top of it. As a season ticket holder, I guarantee you those tickets aren't $71. So, no. Looking in my section, I sit in a 103. I mean, seats in that section are a buck 48, a buck 62. So yeah, actually, I spend a little less than that for my season ticket there. So you've got some good options to go to the game this week. And trust me, I don't get paid by the team. Rally does not get paid by the team. We're asking as fans, it would be great. To see more burgundy and gold out there this week because Chase is coming back. We're legitimately making a push for the postseason. We got a home game this Sunday against Atlanta, who is beatable, who just lost Kyle Pitts, probably mm-hmm. their second most dangerous weapon behind Corner L. Patterson. And yeah. FedEx should be just as loud as NRG was this week. I want people to be out there and hanging out with us, man. And I just, I'm hyped because we got a chance to really do something, man, especially the way we're getting guys
3: back right now. Well, what I know is this, Ted, and you know this to be true as well. There comes a time where you have to put aside your dislike for the ownership and support the guys on the field. And I understand. Yep. I get it. All the noise. I get it. I get it. And I'll say it again. I get it. But those guys who are on the field need us the same way that we want them to win. They need us. They're looking for us. And, and a matter of fact, I don't remember what player said it, but he said, please come to FedEx field after the game. I don't remember who said it, but uh, it's on Twitter. And I'm asking you as well. And the the other reason I'm asking you is because I'm in talks with at least four different Atlanta groups. Atlanta is coming in strong this Sunday. Forget that it's a holiday weekend. They are coming in strong and they are coming to support their team.
2: And I, I don't doubt it. And we talked to Robert about how it's easy for fans to get tickets in Houston. So opposing fans flock down there. Okay. I mean, I'm looking at prices on StubHub right now. And this is not a knock on the team. This is just a fact. Section 229, which is the 200-level corner, tickets for 58 bucks. Section hmm. 228, row four. And then there's a row three, tickets for $67. These tickets are not pricey and they're not obstructive view seats, you don't have an overhang over top of you, you get a chance to come out to FedEx field and be a part of it. Stop believing all the crap that these haters talk about, the experience out there. Go out there, have a good time because these guys are playing good ball. And it was years ago when I wanna say it was uh, Josh Norman, talk about how he had more fun at away games than he did home games. Mm -hmm. That's embarrassing, man. If this fan base really wants to support this team, and I said, this team, it's times like this where we can rally around them and you're not breaking an arm and a leg. And look, I'm not trying to get into people's wallets, but 60 bucks for a ticket for a lower level ticket. And let's just say, okay, you can't do lower level. You want to do upper level end zone. You got tickets for 40 bucks, you know, just to get down to the game. You don't want to get a parking pass. You can take the Metro. It's yep. fine. Come on out there because, man, these guys deserve our support. We saw how they have been hustling and busting their ass out there week in, week out. And now is the time to get behind these guys. We have no control over who the owner is of this team. No, Only the other owners have control over that. So throw all that noise out. What we do have control over is taking over FedEx and making a bump again. And one of our P1 listeners, Reggie, sent us this text message saying, what's up fellas? Reggie from North Carolina. We finally had a win that wasn't stressful. I'm glad to see the defense dominate. I hope the trend continues. I'm hoping the addition of chase pushes us up to top five D as for the offense. I need more scoring. It's getting late in the season. Teams have tape on us score 24 games. So we cleanly win it. We hope to see you all Sunday wife got me birthday tickets. So we will help make FedEx bomb. And Reggie's coming nice. from North Carolina. You know, he's not coming from, you know, Rally has got his jacket on Northwest or Southeast or Southwest. He's not coming from the DMV. He's coming up here from Carolina to come support these guys and yeah. to make FedEx bump again. And I guess that's our plea as a show. Come on out there, man. You'll have a good time. And Rally is throwing one epic party on Saturday night. You got those details?
3: Yeah, man. So, we put together this rally, we're gonna have a dJ who is gonna be playing good music. Uh, this is gonna be the first ever rally that I can remember. Well, actually, no, the first ever joint rally. I've never been to a joint rally. It's always either been one or the other teams. Well, this is the first time that commander's fans, as long as as well with Falcons fans, will be able to come together and Talk a little trash with each other in our backyard, D.C. I don't know the last time that the team has had a fan rally the night before a home game. Now, I know they have watch parties during away games, but this is a fan rally for you guys in our backyard, D.C. So come out to Guy Fieri's. Restaurant and Sportbook, or Caesar Sportbook, six hundred one F Street. I mean, if you need to take take the Metro, it's Gallery Place Chinatown. And from six to eight, it's going to just be a great time. They're going to have drink specials. Come out, rub elbows with those people who you may not see just by so only on social media, to make it happen and have a great time with us. Join us.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And I'm I'm at Guy Fieri's DC Kitchen. It's on. And my boys, the GM there, I'll be there this Friday watching the USA World Cup game, take on England. Hopefully we take England down, doubt it, but, you know, they got enough drink specials there to make me forget the loss, so we'll see what happens. But it'll be a good time out there on Saturday, and I'm, I'm happy to see that you're planning a joint rally with the Falcons because I've got a bunch of friends that are Falcons fans. My buddy Tom just got the uh, – I think the Atlanta Falcons fan of the year. So he gets to go to the Super Bowl and all that oh, stuff with nice. the Falcons and a bunch of them will be up here. They've got a sprinter van that they take and travel to all the games and it's all decked out in Falcon stuff. And I mean, it's a good fan base. It'll be a fun time. You'll have different games on. You can place a bet at the sports book underneath on the commanders to hopefully take out the Falcons this week. And regardless, it'll just be fun to be around everybody, man. And just to kind of see, just like you said, all the people we see on social in person and get a chance to meet people. So I'm excited, man.
3: Definitely, definitely. And the thing about it is this, it's free. Did somebody somebody say free? Yes, it's free. Unless you want to buy food or a drink or whatever have you, which I encourage. I mean, but, but for the most part, it's free. Just show up, rub elbows, Take plenty of pictures. If you enjoyed what you saw in Houston for that rally, or you enjoyed the Denver rally or the Vegas rally, then you'll enjoy this rally. Come on out. Yep. Six to eight.
2: It's connected to Capital One Arena. So for those of you that aren't sure, because it's a brand new place, it's literally connected right to Capital One. It's your old Green Turtle, right there. The metro's right there, the Chinatown Metro Station. So it's on that same street. you do not got to walk far. There's a bunch of parking garages right across the street or take an Uber. I, I don't recommend you guys driving because they've got a, I think it's like a beer tower thing. That's like maybe four or five feet tall. You know, they just got a bunch of good specials. They've got a bunch of good drinks and this isn't a commercial. We're not getting paid by them. You know, just one thing I love about football season is getting a chance to hang out with all the other fans. Yeah. And it's yeah. why I wish I would have gone to more rallies with you this year, because I don't get a chance to relax at home games. I got a film crew coming out this week, doing a show that I can't talk about right now, but it's going to be a stressful-ass time on Sunday for me. So <laughs> stuff like this that you're putting on is exciting to see, and you guys take advantage of it if you can. But jumping back into it, speaking of exciting, I mean, who gets your rally chain? After watching that game, and there were so many exciting moments and so many just crazy plays, but who would you give your rally chance to this week?
3: I'm giving it to Payne. That's what I'm giving it to. Payne. You know he's he's living up to what he's potentially about to get, and he's he's showing and making all the efforts of letting you know why he's going to get paid. So it's, I'm giving it to pain and there's, there's more that I could, but since I'm going to just stick to one last week, I, I gave everyone one, which <laughs> it, you you just can't have it. Um, but uh, I'm giving it to pain and, and I got to say something, right? So I'm on the field, I'm on the field and I see Chase and Chase says, Hey man, how you doing? Or whatever have you got Chase, how you doing? I said, Hey man, it would be an honor if, you could put on the rally chain and chase gave me the heisman nope he stiff on me too.
2: <laughs> and i'm well, like he wasn't man, activated yet so he's i guess technically not a player at th- that point i don't know hey
3: man all right what, whatever whatever you want to make smooth it over but 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 i feel hurt bro i feel hurt i mean it's I think the rally people chain.
2: think it's heavy man because if you no. look at it it looks heavy It's
3: light as a feather.
2: Yeah, no one knows, man. No one knows. (laughs) They just think you're so swole up top. I mean, you got some traps (laughs) from tearing that chain around you. So, because I remember Uh, being with you at training camp and Terry put it on and he was surprised at how light that thing was. I think Terry and I think Heinecke put it on when we were out there at camp because I was a photographer for the day. And they were actually really surprised. And those of you that are wondering, only players get to wear it. So if you see Rally. He ain't going to let you put it on. He's going to give you the and He's going to pull a chase on you. <laughs> so, but maybe he's waiting to actually suit up and put those pads on and earn that rally chain before he puts it on.
3: Okay. I'll. I, I, you know what? I'll go. Good. What they say in family? Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> good, good, good answer. Survey <laughs> says.
2: <laughs> you looked a little hurt. So I'm trying to help you out there.
3: But I was, I was, bro. I was. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Because only the players, it, to me, it's an honor. And, and. I think that the way most teams have a, a, a saying or whatever have you, this thing needs to happen, man. I mean, the players need to get behind this as well. It's the rally chain. It's it's you guys' chain.
2: So alumni, like current players or former players count too?
3: If a former player wants to put the rally chain on, he can put it on. No ifs, ands, buts about it. It's an honor.
2: So you need to get like a transforming rally chain that is kind of reversible so one side has the commander's w and then if you see an alumni flip it around and it's got the old logo on it so this way they can get it for the team that they played for that way they can't be like oh i never played for the commanders you know if okay. you ever see chris cooley He's not going to put on the he, commander's chain. He, he
3: he wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> No,
2: definitely not. He didn't even come back to be one of the ninetieth greatest players for the franchise. So there's no way he's putting that on. But, I
3: think that's you right. know,
2: maybe next time we get to see uh, Tim Hightower or something, you're going to ask him.
3: Put cool, that dude. thing on. Well, you asked me who my Woodbridge Collectibles player is. Who, who's yours, bro? See, I
2: gave it away earlier, man. To me, it's, it's Logan Thomas. Okay. Getting okay. a chance to see what Logan did out there. He was finally running stride for stride. And just some of those catches, they were tough catches. And if we can get Taylor some more weapons other than Terry and other than those small munchkin wide receivers, Logan's got some height to him. And I know we were worried. You were worried a couple of times throwing it over the middle, but Logan was able to go up and get some of those balls. And for me, he's what kept the offense moving. And you took a defensive player, You know, I I would have taken a different defensive player, but Duran is busting his hump. But for me, it's got to be low because I don't think the offense gets as many yards as it did this past week without him. And I'm hoping that this is something that he can build off of because Atlanta, they're susceptible. We got a good shot, man. We definitely got a good shot at doing something. And I'm trying not to get overly excited and not get my hopes up. But it's hard not to, considering what these boys are doing right now, because they're playing like a team. They're not playing like individual contractors. Mm -hmm.
3: And I I love to see it, man. And something that, that people are afraid of is if and when Chase does come back. Will he break it up a little bit? And I'm hoping that he doesn't. I'm hoping that he falls right in and meshes with everyone, so we can keep this train rolling. Ooh, ooh. yeah, man. But
2: he's going to be on a pitch count. He's not going to come up there and do a ton of stuff. And it it comes down to having athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, you get another stud athlete out there on the field with your other three first-round picks in. He's got to ramp things back up. There might be a couple mistakes here and there, but you live with them because he can make up for it with his athleticism. And there's a couple plays during that 2020 season where he caused a couple of fumbles just running back and getting to that ball. And we're going to have a chance to have someone like that on the field. And hopefully it's this week. Because they had to activate him by Wednesday or he goes on IR. But hopefully it's this week. And I know it's the Sean Taylor game this Sunday. But... I got my 99 black jersey. I might have to rock that this week just because he's going to be back out there for us.
3: Oh, that's right. This is going to be a blackout.
2: I'm not. Is it supposed to be a blackout game? Because yeah. I know the other one was.
3: So this, this is supposed to be the last blackout, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Okay. Well, then I'm going to have to rock my 99 just to support Chase. Give him a hard time for not putting a chain on, but just to support him and be okay. out there. But I'm looking forward to being back out there with you and also covering this Falcons game whether you're on Wednesday
3: yeah man can't wait can't wait and once again thank you for everyone who came out to the rally at pitch 25 in houston 480 people to 500 people is insane and it could not have been done without you guys so that's gonna do it for another edition of the mess hall dmv mess hall with rally captain and tailgate ted and we're gonna see you guys on wednesday and i always tell you guys Rep it hard, but don't rep it at all. We're out.